Welcome. You have entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simron. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Empower yourself. Broaden your mind. Open your heart and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simron. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are into March. It is the month of the fishies, of which I am one. This is a big month for me. It's a birthday month, and I turned five decades old in just a few days, and it has been amazing to look back at the levels and layers of growth and transformation that have taken place and how this is such a continual ladder that we can increasingly go on. So today's conversation is really going to impact you in that way. It is going to allow you to understand not only that there is this ladder of consciousness and that we come from this divine cosmic egg through choice and through free will and through divine will, but also that we are and have always been angels, that that is the origin of our soul. And I can't think of a more wonderful person to have on to discuss this with you than the renowned clairvoyant teacher and mystical symbologist, Tricia McCannon. She has released a book entitled The Angelic Origins of the Soul, Discovering Your Divine Purpose. And it is a beautiful mix of uh, background science, of philosophy, of different stories and mythology, as well as a beautiful layout of the soul and the different layers and levels that we move through from separation of illusion to our wholeness and oneness. And as you go through this book, you will see beautiful images. It is something that you can take in with your mind, but also there's a resonance of truth that will come in from your heart. As a clairvoyant Trisha has seen that all of us originate in the higher realms and that on our journey, here we come through a series of dimensional planes, picking up various matrices of experience along the way. These matrices shape us, providing fertile ground for the sculpting of our individuation and allowing for the exercise of free will, a major part of our human experience. Yet the greater part of us, the soul itself, resides safely in the realms of light, hidden from our conscious awareness even while another, more limited part of us takes birth in the world of form. This means that even while our human, egoic self evolves each lifetime, our true higher self remains safe in heaven. The higher self is always full of light, even if our human life is filled with pain, darkness, and despair. And at the end of each life, this human part reconnects with its higher self to evaluate how we have done on our life on earth. This is all from the book, The Angelic Origins of the Soul. And Trisha McCannon, as I have said, is a renowned clairvoyant teacher and mystical symbologist. She is also the author of several other books, including The Return of the Divine Sophia, Dialogues with the Angels, and Jesus, the Explosive Story of the Last 30 Years and Ancient Mystery Religions. She has been on 1111 Talk Radio before, as well as in 1111. Magazine, and I always enjoy the deep and rich conversations that we have. So, without further ado, welcome Trisha back to 1111. It is a delight to have you here. Oh, Simon, it is such a delight to be with you. I think about you often and the wonderful work that you're doing in the world. And, you know, I just wish that we got to spend more time together because our conversations always are deep and interesting. Well, hopefully we will give the listeners insight into some of our rich and wonderful conversations. And I know for my own life, it has been quite the adventure. I have loved playing in the realms of light and creation capacity and God essence. And I have also done my share 
of diving into the darkness and really allowing myself to play in the mud and the muck and the mire and understand both the shadow and the light. And so this is a beautiful book book to help individuals understand those different levels and layers, along with our ability to have a choice to move out of that and to consciously allow ourselves to grow into higher realms if we so desire. The place I'd love to start is in that place of illusion and separation. And we do have four defense mechanisms that kind of keep us in separation. So let's begin there with those four defense mechanisms. Wow. Well, okay. Diving right in. Well, you know, as you know, The Angelic Origins of the Soul, this new book that came out through my wonderful publisher, Inner Traditions, in the fall of 2017, uh, does, you know, really describe uh, who we are at these angelic levels. But as we can all see, when we get down here, many times we get caught up in drama. And sometimes the drama isn't very fun. Sometimes it's negative drama. And as I talk about in the book, there is a course curriculum uh, for the soul that has to do with the mastery of love and power. But many times, of course, we can see that we don't, we haven't learned those lessons. We misuse our power and we see, you know, we can look around and find that lots and lots of examples of that, whether it's personal power or sexual power or money power or the power of our words to hurt or whatever. and, and so, we, you know, and the same thing with love. You know, if we love ourselves but we don't love others, we haven't learned the lesson. If we love everybody else but we don't love ourselves, we haven't learned the lesson. But uh, as you know, in the last third of the book, I get into talking about these defense mechanisms. And they're defense mechanisms not really of the soul because the soul knows it's eternal, but the personality doesn't. You know, we, we, it's kind of like um, if you can think that we have many, many, many layers. And these layers many times veil us from our true identity. So, you know, we may be smart, we may have a mental body, but, of course, the mental body is largely shaped by the society we grew up in, the family we grew up in, the patterns that we saw, functional or dysfunctional, and the subconscious records it, and then it regurgitates it, and we find ourselves repeating patterns that don't necessarily serve us. Um, And those four defense mechanisms you were asking about uh, are rebellion, which can be a healthy thing. Most of us do go through rebellion when we're, you know, in our teenagehood. Uh, And, again, if you're being suppressed or abused, rebellion isn't a bad thing. But rebellion can go too far, and it can wind up becoming a self-sabotaging device because, let's say, you're still angry at your abusive father or mother, and then, you know, you project that in your subconscious onto your boss or your spouse or your friends, and you wind up, you know, being so angry because you have an unresolved issue from the past that's buried in the subconscious that, you know, you just wind up repeating this pattern with people who actually do love you and want to help you and are really not trying to be your father or your mother. So... That is one of them. Another is self-righteousness, and we certainly see this, you know, in a lot of religions, particularly religions that feel like, you know, my way is the only way and everybody else is, you know, damned to hell for all eternity. And self-righteousness is not the same as righteousness. Righteousness is like 
trying to be virtuous and do the right thing. Self-righteousness is more like I'm right and everybody is wrong. Uh, everybody else that doesn't agree with me is wrong. And so it's, um, you know, again, people use different things to justify it. I'm right because I have three degrees. I'm right because, um, you know, it's just not done any other way. I'm right because, you know, God told me so. I'm right because it's in the Bible and, you know, that I'm, a, I'm a literalist and so I'm taking it literally. Of course, the Bible has a lot of wonderful things in it, but also it was edited by man. Uh, there are things that are left out of it, things that are added to it, things that were changed in it. And, you know, many times the, the things that are very beautiful in the Bible um, are speaking at a deeper level than literalism. So, you know, self-righteousness is something that we see a lot in some of the religions, especially the Abrahamic religions. They cause holy jihads and inquisitions, you know, for example. Then there's denial. Denial is like, who me? I don't, I don't have a problem. Uh, you know, everybody else has the problem. And we can many times see this with addiction, you know, uh, where people come up with a million excuses. Or even when we find ourselves in repeating patterns in relationships. You know, if we grew up in a family that, you know, we observed a mom and a dad that were in a dysfunctional relationship, unfortunately that becomes our subconscious imprint, even though our mental body may or may not be smart enough to have figured out that something wasn't healthy about that relationship, and we consciously want a different kind of relationship. But subconsciously, we find ourselves drawing to us people who are playing out these unresolved issues with us. And so... You know, many times we don't see that, you know, as there's an old saying that, you know, we spend the first 20 years of our life getting messed up, the next 20 figuring out that we're messed up, and then the last 20 getting hopefully unmessed up, and then maybe the last 20 we move into real wisdom. And Mm so, um, you know, denial is kind of like, see, there's a pattern going on in your life and you don't really want to look at or take responsibility for your part of it. So you want to blame and point the finger at everybody else because it can't possibly be you that has the issue. Well, of course, it may not be the issue that you think. In other words, if you continually draw on, let's say, negative relationships or... Um, you know, abusive people or jobs where you get fired, okay, you know, yes, it could also be that there are the people that are involved in this and they have their issues. But uh, we, if we are the common denominator in repeating patterns, then we have to stop and look at the fact that I wonder what it is that I'm trying to resolve in my subconscious, the do-over, to get a different result, which is what the subconscious does. It tries to get a do-over. If, let's say you got, you know, um, uh, um, be, you were put down instead of loved and supported or you were ignored instead of given attention, the subconscious will inadvertently pick someone who will play out that pattern with you and, and try to get a do-over with a different result. So in this case, we actually have to go in, find the pattern, transform the pattern in the subconscious mind, heal that wound in the subconscious mind, and then we no longer begin to, we're no longer attracting that pattern because we don't have that missing piece anymore. So, and Trisha, rebellion. the reason that... The, rich, the reason Sorry? that I started with these, the reason that I started with these four defense mechanisms is because we are 
in, in most cases, very entrenched in our stories. We're very entrenched in our humanness and what we are doing here on the planet. We can see that in our individual lives as well as even in the collective experiences that are that are playing out in front of us, whether they are political or whether they are such things like the Me Too movement or different types of racism type things that are coming up. All of these things are illustrating some of these different aspects. And so when we look at these things like denial, rebellion, withdrawal, and self-righteousness, they are they can play out on the human stage in one way, but they're actually intended for us to go inside and approach them from a soul perspective in another way. Can you talk about that in terms of perhaps something that's going on in the world and how we then shift from this illusion of separation into utilizing this now towards the soul's good. Wow. Well, you know, we just started this interview and you're like just already kind of going right for the juggler there, you know. So, um, gosh, these are, are very deep questions. You know, I just want to finish the, the, the rest of the answer with that. The fourth one is withdrawal. And I want to say again, withdrawal is there's times we all need to withdraw. You know, we need to ref- self-reflect or meditate or, you know, take a look at our own actions or just, you know, uh, when you're sick, withdrawal and sleep and, you know, uh, regeneration. Is, is, this is not a bad thing at all. By withdrawal, what I mean is within the dynamics between two people, withholding. Withholding might even be a better word. There are ways that people try to go about taking other people's power. And uh, when we start talking about, again, you know, there's a personal level of it, and then, like you say, there's a national level, there's a global level in which you can see these patterns playing out. Um, so with withholding is, uh, in other words, if you figured out how to make a connection with the source itself, the source of all love, God, if you want to call it that, or the you know the goddess, or uh, you know different cultures have had different names for it. The one, uh, you know, the creator energy that is the unity consciousness. Then you understand that when you hurt another person, you actually are hurting yourself, and it's not just a theory because the whole spiritual law of karma means that what we sow, as Jesus tells us, is what we reap. In other words, the harm we do to others uh, unconsciously, how can we learn to not do that harm? How can we gain the compassion to not repeat those negative actions? Well, it's probably to walk a mile in that person's shoes. And if we're not going to get to walk a mile in their shoes in this lifetime, you know, guess what? We get to come in and do it in another lifetime, either as a a person who is, you know, wounded or, or raped or brutalized or killed or a thief that robs from us because we robbed from someone else in the past. And so, you know, the lessons that we don't get, we continue to repeat until we eventually get them right. This is like an earth school down here. But in a way, it's kind of slow-mo in the sense that sometimes we don't see the consequences of our actions. There are people out there on the political stages we can see that are getting away with all sorts of lying and corruption and so forth, and they, you know, they haven't gotten their due yet, you know. But believe me, the law of karma will take care of them, and they will get their due, whether it's in this lifetime or it's in another lifetime. And, of course, it will be a lot more satisfying for all of us if we can sort of see that people who are sowing badly, we 
can actually see them, you know, having the aha moment when they themselves wind up suffering as a result of the actions. But because it's a long game, we're not in it for the short game, we really have to stand back and say, is this going to uh, further my awareness, my consciousness? Is this going to help my own spiritual uh, growth and the growth of others? You know, if what I do comes back to me, the more good I can do for others, the more it helps the whole, but ultimately the more it advances my consciousness in this, in earth school. Um, and so, you know, we, we have a lot of different choices, and in those very patterns of taking power, when you don't know how to connect to source, if you don't know how to connect within your heart and your spirit to, to the God force, many times people will wind up going the route of abusing power and taking power from others, whether it's, you know, they have to have all the money, you know, they have to have all the power, they have to misuse their power sexually to feel their ego has to feel more, you know, um, uh, successful or dominating. Uh, And so some of these things I talk about, about how people... Uh, the game of power. Tyranny is one of those things. Intimidation, we've all seen that. Uh, the bully, we see it, you know, even today, and not only in schools, but even in our politics, uh, with some of the leaders who are acting that way. Um, I'm going to have you stop right there, Tricia, because they're queuing me for commercial break, and we're going to continue this insightful conversation. When a person projects his shadow onto another, that which he most fears about himself begins to take on a life of its own. People who cheat on their spouses usually fear that their spouses will cheat on on them. Those who lie to others fear that they will be deceived. Those who fear homosexuals are often suppressing their own sexual tendencies. Terrorists who fear the domination of the West are wrapped up in trying to dominate others with their cruel deeds. And likewise, Western countries that fear terrorists are those that have been dominating others for decades and creating terror among the very countries they fear. By making another person, nation, or religion, the cause of all of our suffering, we cease to look at our own ignorance, prejudices, and actions by claiming that the devil made me do it. We avoid taking responsibility for our own unacknowledged anger, judgment, greed, lust, vanity, and self-righteousness. When we return with Trisha McCann, and we're going to go into the six stages of the soul's evolution and understand that we can take a step up. Trisha McCannon is a renowned clairvoyant teacher and mystical symbologist. She has upcoming courses on Mary Magdalene, as well as the Hopi courses, and in addition to a goddess course. You can find out more about her or contact her directly at her website, TrishaMcCannonSpeaks.com. Those courses will begin in the next week to two weeks, so definitely if you're interested in participating with her, then contact her at TrishaMcCannonSpeaks.com. We'll be right back after these messages. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, 1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly online publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. 
Engage with experts and topics of consciousness. Become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, expanding the heart, and experiencing greater aliveness. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Do you want more out of life? Tired of settling in relationships, your career, health, or finances? Want to experience greater aliveness? I am Simran. I support people in listening to their conversations with the universe, the guiding signs, symbols, and synchronicity. I mentor people to anchor in trust, love, and confidence to live their heart's desires. Let me guide you in embracing the challenges and the obstacles so you embody and integrate the gifts they bring. No more human doing. You are here for being, bounteously and abundantly. Experience your soul's natural rhythm, your powerful essence. Don't shrink back any longer. Release the struggle. Learn how to let go. Create in different dimensions. Transform separateness, grief, anxiety, anger, and chaos into living your destiny. Connect with me at IamSimran.com. Live more freely, spontaneously, and joyfully. Don't conform. Live a life of courage. Let's start now. Through my online courses, mentoring programs, or one-on-one coaching, it's time to change your world. Connect at IamSimran.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at IamSimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. Before we dive back into my guest, Trisha McCannon, I want to let you know that the brand new issue of 1111 Magazine is up and out, so definitely take a look at that. We have a beautiful edition from Debbie Ford, who passed away in 2010, and a manuscript was found of a set of prayers that she had created. She sent a message through James Van Prague to her sister Ariel Ford to share these prayers, and so they want to Two of those are shared within the magazine as well as the book. In addition, there are many other wonderful features in the current issue of the magazine, so definitely partake of that. It is always free on the website, 1111mag.com. My guest today is Tricia McCannon, and we are discussing her book, The Angelic Origins of the Soul, which is truly beautiful. The passage that I read at the end of the last segment was from that book, as is this one. This journey that the soul takes through all of its multiple sojourns in earth school is part of the learning, the course curriculum for the soul. While the ancient teachings tell us that the eternal part of us remains in heaven, another part boldly chooses to come into the world form, to experience the wonders, sorrows, and transformation of the world's duality. So in truth, as a divine spark of God, the soul has voluntarily chosen to fall into amnesia so that it may experience all things anew. This is how it grows and evolves. Yet because the soul is intrinsically a pure spark of God consciousness, it cannot participate in the material realm without a 
requiring the energetic bodies needed to be in a physical form. These are the life force, emotional, mental, astral, causal, etheric, and soul bodies, which are required on each of the planes above the physical world. Each of these subtle energy bodies equates with one of the seven-dimensional planes, allowing the soul to experience life in that dimension. Throughout the book, she does go through the different planes of different bodies, as well as philosophy and teachings from others and her own experiences of a near-death experience and the power of the heart. Uh, You can find out more about Trisha McCannon at TrishaMcCannonSpeaks.com. She does a whole range of things, from soul readings and healings to consultations, astrological readings, past life regressions, and soul retrievals. In addition to being a wonderful author, she creates quite a few other things and events that are taking place, such as the Mary Magdalene course and the Hopi course that are coming up very soon. Welcome back. Tricia, I want to get into the six stages of the soul's evolution. When we think about duality and illusion and the four pieces of denial, uh, self-righteousness, withdrawal, and rebellion, it seems like this is part of the stage of us as a soul to forget, to perhaps step into those areas of illusion and separation and then find our way back through the soul's evolution. Speak to us a little bit about where do you think the world, the majority of the world is at this time and where we're headed and is it possible for us to be uh, in a highest state of being while still incarnate in a body? Well, you know, um, let me say a little bit about those stages of evolution. Um, What I have seen as a clairvoyant, and and as you know, I've had the gifts since I was a little girl. Uh, When I was young, I would see uh, past lives or present lives or future events around people, but I didn't have a lot of control about this when I was growing up. And so I did a lot of praying. I grew up uh, in a Judeo-Christian family here in Atlanta in the Deep South. And my dad was Baptist and my mom was Methodist, and we became Episcopalian. And so, you know, I um, definitely come out of that Judeo-Christian um, background. Um, but I always felt like that there was a bigger a bigger picture. And um, I was very active on the inner planes where I was going into the higher worlds and meeting masters and sages. And, you know, one night and the next night I'd be on, like, a spaceship talking with uh, other higher consciousness people. And the next night I'd be in the bowels of the lower astral plane. And I knew that we were living in a multidimensional universe and that we are eternal beings. But it was like, where's the roadmap and how do I navigate, consciously navigate into these realms? And so I was very blessed when I was 19 years old. I had a group of masters appear to me uh, called the Viragi Masters. And they said, you know, we've watched you for many years. You've always chosen the path of love and forgiveness. And so we have decided to train you. And they had a roadmap to the higher worlds. And you know, basically, it's all about vibration, as science is now discovering, uh, that the whole universe is made, as the great masters and mystics have told us for thousands of years, through vibration. So scientists now call these phonons that then become photons, so uh, sound packets that then become light pa- packets and move into wave and eventually move into what we think of as material structure. 
So these are what we talk about, the multi-dimensions, and incredible physicists like Michio Kaku have talked about the fact that there are at least ten dimensions and that they're nested inside of one another. And string theory is the whole idea that there are these vibrational strings that are vibrating at every one of these dimensions. And as they come down, the vibration or the sound changes. And so consequently, all of us see each other because basically our bodies and everything physical around us is vibrating at one level at least, um, similarly enough that we perceive each other. But ghosts, for example, are stuck in the astral plane. They may be, you know, they don't have a physical body anymore. They're visiting the earth, but, you know, they might be earthbound spirits, but really they need to kind of go on into the fourth dimension where most people go up into the fourth and fifth and the heavenly kingdoms that's where most people go when they die. So when we, just to give a background with this, what the masters talk about is the fact that we all come from what they call the ocean of love and mercy. In other words, what scientists call, or the ancients have called the plenium, the great cosmic sea from which everything emerges. Scientists not wanting to be spiritual, say the cosmic soup, okay? <clears throat> but, you know, they're thinking at a physical level. But let us say we come from this place of utter potentiality uh, that is, of course, the infinite potential of the creator itself, whether you call it God or the goddess or the source or whatever you want to call it, but the one intelligence behind it all. And then that one intelligence, the one, as I kind of chronicle in my book, you know, you know, if you were the one and only for all eternity, what would you want to do? You'd probably want some company. You know, you would want to have some adventures. You know, you might get bored with all that peace and quiet and vibrational silence after millennia, even before time. So the one split itself in two to behold itself. But, of course, it couldn't totally separate itself from who it was. So this is the circle, the two circles that overlap, creating the classic sacred geometric shape called the vesica Pisces, or the eye of God, or the, it's like the seed syllable uh, shape. And so, of course, when we look at seeds, that's the shape of seeds, isn't it? Life comes from that. When we look at a woman's yoni, that's the doorway through which the child come, comes. When we look at our eyes, that's the same shape as the vesica Pisces, the windows to the soul. So this is, of course, where spirit enters the world of matter. And so that's, you know, the divine father and mother energy uh, that express both or both equally as beautiful and powerful. And, of course, the divine mother energy has been largely lost in the patriarchal world that we've been in for a long time. And then there are the expressions of the divine father that becomes the son and the divine daughter that, that comes from the mother. The divine mother and, I um, mean, daughter and son, uh, father, um, daughter and son. So most of us know about in Christianity the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, but we don't realize that the Holy Ghost is actually the divine feminine, the divine mother, or the divine daughter descending into the worlds of form. So each of these vibrational planes, in order for the soul that's so pure, and so beautiful to participate in the planes, it has to take on a body. So in the seventh dimension, it takes on a soul body, and that body is able to move in 360 directions at all dimensional levels. It's the um, finest body we have. It's called the diamond body. 
In the sixth dimension, we take on a spiritual etheric body. That's also called a buddhic body or a rainbow body. And in those dimensions, we don't have an ego. We are able to hear the music of the spheres. We're able to know where to go, what to do, and how to serve. We're still functioning as angels, if you will. We're in service to the divine plan, but we are learning individuation because individuation is created through experience and choice. We're learning, we're gaining the ability to co-create. Now, you know, God is the infinite creator. We have the spark of God within us. So we're creators, but we're obviously creators on a smaller scale. So eventually we come into the fifth dimension. We get a causal body, which is the recording body that records everything that happens to you from that point on, like a vast library of your soul records. We get a mental body which obviously is a very beautiful, refined instrument, but it's far more limited than the soul body. It can weigh, judge, analyze, things like that, but it can only do about three or four things at once, and then, you know, number four or five falls off the radar. So, and then we get an ego, and we begin, we spend a period of time in the fifth dimension, hopefully integrating these things, and then we come into the fourth where we get an astral body, an emotional body, and then eventually... The third dimension, where we get a physical body. So when we die and we lose the physical body, we still have the other bodies. But, of course, in time, the astral body also begins to dissolve, the mental body, and we resolve back to the being of light that is really closest to, to who we are, the causal self, the angelic self. And all the good that we've learned in any given lifetime um, is taken in by that causal body. In other words, if we were a painter, if we were a statesman, if we were a, a warrior or a, um, you know, a policeman or a fireman or a writer or a teacher, whatever we learned, whatever strengths, abilities, talents, affinities we gained in the positive are taken in. Obviously, if we have some negative ones, like addiction, fear, paranoia, self-righteousness, all those things we were talking about, we're going to have to come back and overcome those in a future lifetime, you know, because they are obviously not unity consciousness. You know, they're kind of character defects, basically. And we all run into them. We all deal with them. And they're part of our wounding patterns that we're trying to heal personally, but also in our society. So these very these different stages of the soul, I break them down because I've done over 6,000 readings for people all around the world. And in the beginning, I was only going three, four, five thousand years back into their history. That's probably about 35 years ago. Then I made a leap to where I was going much further back, and I found myself in some cases in earlier civilizations like Atlantis or Lemuria. Then I began to think, well, where was the soul before that? And I began to track the history of the soul, like pulling a thread up into the higher realms. And it took me many years to basically gain the strength, spiritual strength and ability to do this. But this is how ultimately as I went up and tracked the soul through the fourth and the fifth dimension, and then I made the leap into the sixth and seventh, I came to realize that we all began in the angelic kingdoms. And, of course, this floored me because, of course, it's not what I had been taught. I had been taught that angels and humans, they were two distinctly different species and never the twain shall meet. But what I discovered is that we all start off in this place of connectedness and unity consciousness. 
And as we journey down into the worlds of more duality, the fifth, the third, fourth, and fifth dimension, we can fall out of connection with this. In truth, our soul never does. But the personality selves that we take on, the belief systems that we take on, can cause us to feel disconnected. And there are many stages of this evolution, the beginner soul, the young soul, the intermediate soul, the advanced soul, the master soul, and then the great avatars or bodhisattvas. So the beginner souls are very pure, they're high creatives, um, but they're very innocent, they're naive, they're not very discerning, they don't have good survival skills down here, but they are, if they have, let's say, protective advanced souls or master souls as their parents, they can thrive and do very well down here. They're very beautiful. The young souls have fear that is driving them. They are a lot of our fundamentalists in all the religions of the world. Then many times they fall into self-righteousness and denial because they're, you know, they figured out this is kind of a scary place. There's lions and tigers and bears and who knows when one's going to come out of the woodwork and get them. And so they're busy making rules and regulations and building walls and having curfews. And as long as you're willing to kind of go along with those agendas within the very safe confines of those rules, they'll be your friend. But advanced souls and master souls don't tend to be driven by fear as a rule. And so they tend to come and go and they want to make friends with the lions and tigers and bears and bring them in and, you know, <laughs> pet them. <laughs> um, then you have intermediate souls. These souls are driven by power. They have figured out there's a game going on down here. There's winners and losers. They want to be a winner. There's givers, you know, and takers. They, they usually wind up being takers. And so they are, they figured out they can manipulate the young souls through fear. And they're, they're very much about acquiring power with money. Well, and so, you know, you've got rich, powerful, successful people that fall under this. Of course, not all rich people. There's some very involved rich people. But many of them are about, you know, amassing more and more money, more and more power. And they're about service to self. And you can pretty much see, you know, they can be charming, handsome, charismatic. They can say all the right words, but you have to actually watch what they really do. And what they really are doing is self-serving. And, of course, they're creating lots of karma that ultimately they're going to have to suffer, but it may take them a million years or more to go through that to eventually get to be an advanced soul. Trisha, I'm going to have you pause right on a there. win-win dynamic instead of a win-lose dynamic. Yeah, they want to win, but they want other people to win, too. They're not perfect. They certainly, you know, are going through struggles with money and family and social situations, and they don't always do the right thing. But the more involved they become as an advanced soul, the more interested in humanitarian efforts, you know, saving the dolphins, you know, uh, stopping uranium mining in the Grand Canyon, uh, stopping the fracking, you know, that's destroying our water table and destabilizing our continent, the more interested in helping others, whether it's animals, children, or the planet itself. And the more they have you pause right there, Tricia, so I can go to a commercial break and we'll continue the six stages of the soul's evolution. The first trinity that includes the Divine Mother, the Divine Father, and Domalar, their pace of union. The son and daughter are born. The son is often described as a solar male, while his sister, the daughter, is his lunar reflection. Yet in truth, all of these beings are beyond the kind of duality that we humans ordinarily perceive. 
As a result, there are both lunar and solar aspects to each of them, because while they exist to create balance in the world, they themselves are whole and complete beings. In the incoming age of Aquarius, these male and female aspects of the divine will return to balance once again, both in the world at large and in our personal expression in the world. This is from Tricia McCannon's book, The Angelic Origins of the Soul, Discovering Your Divine Purpose. You can find out more about her courses and all of her work, including her readings and her healings, at TriciaMcCannonSpeaks.com. We'll be right back with Tricia McCannon. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. 1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly online publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. Engage with experts in topics of consciousness. Become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, expanding the heart, and experiencing greater aliveness. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Are you an artist, healer, teacher, author, speaker, or coach? A wellness or holistic practitioner or energy worker? Maybe you want to be. Do you desire to serve the world, share your gifts, live your dreams? I'm Simran, host of 1111 Talk Radio, and I invite you to the vision of oneness. Could you use a community of support, more financial flow with less effort? Would you like to receive so you have more to give? Be a world changer, world server, do-gooder. Be a new paradigm thinker and a conscious change agent. A part of a growing community creating collective streams of prosperity and wellness. By simply serving yourself, you serve others. Feel great, have more energy, sleep better, gently detox. Lose unhealthy weight and build strength. It's time for more freedom and financial flow. The vision of oneness embodies unconditional giving, commitment, simplicity, and receiving. We are a collective new way of being in commerce and creative cash flow. Learn more at thevisionofoneness.com. Register now and a member will help you begin today. Visionofoneness.com. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at imsimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. As we move through the six stages of the soul's evolution, what we also encounter is a deepening and an expansion of the power of the heart. The physical world is an excellent place to learn about patience, compassion, suffering, priorities, and the consequences of our actions. 
but it is also a very rough terrain and training ground. The only beacon of light that can bring us through this minefield is the power of our heart. This is the one path Spirit has given us that when all else fails will ultimately bring us home. The heart is the gateway to remembering our oneness. However, for many souls who have suffered a great lack of love in their lives as a result of abandonment, loss, or abuse, opening the heart may not always be easy. When the heart is closed to love, we become separated from our true self. This is time to return to the power of the heart. This is from the book, The Angelic Origins of the Soul by Trisha McCannon. You can find out more about her work at TrishaMcCannonSpeaks.com. Trisha, you were going through the six stages of evolution. You had moved through the beginner soul, the young soul, the intermediate soul, which you state 45% of the souls on earth are in this category, and that was the side that is more self-serving, win-lose, powerful, possessive, controlling, um, often the successful in the world, but the power-seeking and manipulative in the world. And you had moved into the advanced soul, which is 27% of the souls on earth. And they are the humanitarians, the good intention, the family-oriented, the win-win, the dynamic and spiritually kind and helpful. So now we're moving into the master soul. So please proceed with the rest of what you were sharing. Well, you know, I think uh, there are a lot of wonderful advanced souls on this planet and uh, more every day. Uh, The master souls are uh, souls that have really come here for a mission. And about half of them never get to marry because it's harder for them many times to find a mate uh, that won't just pull them off their course. As we all know, you know, uh, our emotions have a... Uh, chance to, you know, either serve us in a wonderful, uplifting way or to devastate us when we wind up, you know, giving our power away to other people. And so a lot of times master souls, um, about half of them are here to do the spiritual work and they don't wind up necessarily getting married or having a mate, but they're here for a bigger purpose, whether it's, you know, setting up a charity or organization or helping children or Doctors Without Borders or, um, you know, writing or having a radio show like yours or uh, a mystery school like the one that I have online that people can actually, you know, study the mysteries now. So there's a lot of ways to serve, you know, either in traditional or non-traditional ways. And, uh, of course, the Me Too movement, for example, I think there are more and more um, people awakening to the fact that we must heal this planet through healing the divine feminine uh, and bringing it back up into balance with the divine masculine. Uh, so, you know, a lot of those are late-level advanced souls, and many times the late-level advanced souls act very much like master souls. Uh, and then after master souls, there are bodhisattva souls, and these are souls that have, you know, come down and had many lives here. They've suffered like many of us have, and they have reached a place of true connection with source, and they're able to live in the physical body and truly um, uh, maintain that constant connection with spirit. And they don't have to, um, you know, incarnate down here. Their karma is done. But they have chosen because of their love of humanity, their love of their sisters and brothers that are more in the dark and less in the light to return to the earth. And, you know, we have some incredible examples, not only the, you know, the beloved Jesus and Mary Magdalene, who was so terribly, terribly maligned, 
by the Catholic Church and turned into a prostitute, you know, in 591 A.D., and now, of course, the Catholic Church in 1979 kind of took that back and said, oops, sorry, you know, we were wrong. She really wasn't a prostitute, but, you know, 1,500 years later, it's a little uh, late. And um, But there's also, you know, uh, Sai Baba, for example, an incredible being. Um, uh, there's Amaji, the hugging saint who's come to earth. Uh, Mother Mira, I've never met her, but she certainly seems to be a very evolved being. There's some wonderful spiritual teachers that have come to this planet just even in the last hundred years. And some of them are known, some of them are not known. Um, some of them teach in ways that we would certainly expect with a great compassion. Others uh, push the envelope, you know, for their followers. Uh, but you always have to just ask, are they here in service to self or uh, are they in service to others? And um, that's, that's really the thing we always have to ask ourselves. Who do we love? Who loved us? Who do we serve? Who do we help? Who helped us? Because it is a circle. And that's one of the differences, in my opinion, between the very patriarchal dominant structure that we've been having, which is, you know, something like, um, uh, was it? 94% of the world has 6% of the wealth, and something like 3% of the world has something like 90-something percent of the wealth. They did actually did a study in uh, like Sweden or one of those countries, and, you know, those people that have the wealth, some of them actually are trying to help the world, and they are trying to do something besides... Uh, you know, just continue to perpetuate the self-serving programs, whether it's in pesticides or pharmaceuticals or, you know, whatever. But, uh, or war, the war machine, you know, all of that that continues to just be the old paradigm. And I think we're at a place where the paradigm has to change. And it has to change first, I think, with like women standing up and men, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful men who are willing to stand beside them and say, absolutely right, no more. And like the Me Too movement that we're in the middle of and the Time's Up, this is a movement whose time has come. I mean, women have been being traded, you know, used as sexual objects, abused, raped, sold for about 3,000 years and, or more. And, you know, we only got the right to vote in America in 1922. And this course that I'm launching actually launches March 12th. It'll be offered for about a month to a company called Sacred U, like Sacred University. And, um, I did a wonderful program for them that was a seven-part program on the Lost Years and Secret Teachings of Jesus in December, and they only released it for a month, and they will release that again in um, uh, in June for about a month. This program is about the goddess and the discovery that the honoring of the Divine Mother has gone back over 230,000 years in our history. And when God was thought of as the Divine Feminine, there was no war on our planet, and men and women ruled together in a partnership model of peace. And, of course, we can't even conceive of that because the history we know has all been war, 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 and more war. And that's definitely been going on for about four or 5,000 years. So... Um, you know, it's really about taking a look at what are the benefits of opening up that 
balance between the masculine and feminine. So it's a six-part class. So the first three classes are all about the goddess and the history. And the last three are about Mary Magdalene, the quest for the Holy Grail, what was that about, and uh, the real teachings of Jesus and Mary Magdalene that had to do with the path of mastery uh, that were kept out of the Bible in large part, although you can see sections within the Bible when Jesus talks about the sacred marriage. Um, he's talking about the marriage between the masculine and the feminine within us and also between the mortal and the angelic. And I address these in each, you know, each of my books. I think my own understanding of that sacred marriage has increased. So when I wrote the book about the 30 lost years of Jesus with 100 pages of back matter and 1,200 footnotes, you know, I understood it at one level. When I wrote the book about the return of the Divine Sophia with about the same kind of research backup, I understood at the level of the sacred marriage between the masculine and feminine parts of our own nature, which brings us into mastery and opens our spiritual sight and our, our, our compassion for the world. And when I wrote it for this book, The Angelic Origins of the Soul, I understood it at the level of the sacred marriage between the mortal ego and the true soul self, which truly allows us to be able to hold that spiritual vision while we're in the physical body and to live into our highest potential. Well, thank you, Tricia. I'm so excited to have had you back on. Uh, it truly is a beautiful book, The Angelic Origins of the Soul. If you are interested in the courses that Tricia was Speaking of, you can go to sacredstoriesmedia.com and click on Sacred You, and you will see the Lost Years of Jesus there, as well as the upcoming courses for Mary Magdalene and the Hopi course that she was speaking of. So definitely check them out at sacredstoriesmedia.com. In addition, Trisha's own website is trishamccannonspeaks.com, where she has her own uh, individual sessions, healings, and all of the other work and books that she does. One more passage from this book, The Angelic Origins of the Soul. What awakens us from the stupor of forgetfulness? It is the power of love. This is why the heart has always been the key to our spiritual growth. Love can awaken us to a new way of seeing the world, allowing us to open to the miracle of life and perceive the magical unseen realms that lie beyond the physical world. Awakening the heart arouses our spiritual senses and creates a longing to connect with the infinitude of the Creator. Love begins the yearning of the soul to connect with something beyond the world of matter. Then, as the soul becomes more aware of its own essence, it has the opportunity to become a spiritual guide for others. This is the path of the initiate, who becomes the teacher, the sage, and finally the master in service to other souls, who are still trapped in the dualistic world of form. Thus, in time, the soul may become a spirit guide for others, still struggling in the physical world." If you would like to find out more, definitely check in with TrishaMcCannonSpeaks.com and pick up your copy of The Angelic Origins of the Soul. My guest next week is Maureen St. Germain, and we are talking about waking up in 5D. I hope you will join me. I am Simran, in love, of love, with love, and as love. Be well. Thank you for opening your mind to a new reality. Your heart to greater compassion and your experience of aliveness with 1111 Talk Radio. Join host Simron next Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern Time to step through the gateway of conscious living here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember... 
You are not on the journey. You are the journey. 